Hello, and welcome to Adam and Eve on CJSR-FM 88.FM in Edmonton and around the world on CJSR.com. My name is Autumn Mornchuk, and I'll be your host for today's episode of Adam and Eve. Thanks for tuning in. Adam and Eve is Edmonton's only feminist news radio show. We are adamant on highlighting, discussing, and engaging with issues that affect women across Edmonton and around the world. For today's episode, we wanted to explore the connection between feminism and tattoos. The tattoo industry has long been a male-dominated field, but there has been a shift in the popular conception of tattoos as they have become more mainstream. Our assumptions about the kinds of people who get tattoos, why they get tattoos, and who is doing the tattooing is changing. On the forefront of this change is Pansy Poke Tattoos, a queer-owned and operated tattoo collective located here in Edmonton on White Ave and 107th Street. We sat down with the folks at the Pansy Poke Tattoo Collective to chat about the ways that they are breaking down some of the toxic behaviors that are prevalent in the tattooing industry. They also discuss how Pansy Poke came to be and how they created a safe and accessible space for everyone, as well as the ways that tattoos can be a powerful way for people to reclaim and feel empowered in their bodies. Hey everyone, this is Roseva jumping in to say that I'm very excited for y'all to listen to my interview with Aberdeen, Charlie, and Kayla from Pansy Poke. This was such a great interview that I ended up creating two episodes. You're listening to part one, so make sure to tune in in two weeks' time to hear part two. We also collaborated with our CJSR neighbors, Gaywire, to get their input and talk to them about their experiences with tattoos as well. I also wanted to give a quick content warning that in the following episode, we briefly mentioned topics such as sexual violence and self-harm. Without further ado, here's part one of my interview with Pansy Poke. So, uh, good morning, folks at Pansy Poke. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, If we could start off with everybody going around, we will start here and then introducing yourselves, your pronouns. Yeah. I'm Kayla. I go by she, her pronouns. I'm one of the co-owners here at Pansy Poke. Um, I'm Charlie. I do they, he pronouns. And I'm Dean, and I also use they, he pronouns. Wonderful. Um, So if everybody could kind of start out, like maybe the beginning of your journey, like your relationship to tattoos and tattooing and how that all started. Yeah, I was always interested in body art growing up. I was very, I thought I was going into science, but then one day I handed in a nice lab report and my prof was like, "Mm, this is really well drawn. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should go into tattooing. So I started doing uh, like stick and pokes or hand pokes, like completely (laughs) unprofessionally at first as a lot of hand poke artists start off. Um, And then I had saw that Dean had posted about like an opening uh, for queer femme hand poke artists here in the city. So I joined up with uh, these three and started getting into, yeah, hand pokes. And then slowly now I'm doing machine as well. To take it back, like even further, actually, like when I was a kid, my dad had a lot of tattoos and I was really interested in it. But I started getting really into stick and pokes because I had seen some people in the community um, at like sick house parties and stuff, like (laughs) doing stick and poke tattoos for people. And yeah, I seen Charlie do it and was like really inspired. Like at the time, he was like a little bit older than me. I was like, you know, the little youth from St. Albert <laughs> who would come into Edmonton and be like, wow, these people are so cool. Um, and then I started getting like access to better materials and like learning online because there's really like not a no apprenticeship for like hand poke tattooing. 
Uh, I started renting like a little studio space here in White Ave and worked there alone for quite a while, but then had the idea to try and make it like into something a little bit more because I realized that my clientele like was almost exclusively like queer and trans people. Um, so basically just posted online and was like, hey, anybody want to join? Kayla responded. I think Charlie was moving back from Calgary at the mm. time. And I was like, hey, I know you used to tattoo. If you want a job, <laughs> like, let's work together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess for me, um, I started tattooing myself and my friends when I was like 17. Um, I've been getting tattoos like in shops since I was like 18. So almost like 10 years of that. Um, I was always really interested in it, and uh, I think it was probably because my parents were like super against it. So I was like, so you like Let's do the do opposite. <laughs> um, I also kind of like spent my like early twenties uh, in like a lot of like DIY scenes. So um, I kind of taught myself how to stick and poke and. Yeah, just kind of uh, that, like, foundation of, like, being able to seek out more information that I needed and kind of, like, meet other people who would, like, offer me advice or, like, offer me recommendations through, like, me getting tattooed. I kind of just, like, warmed my way up to... um, being able to do it in a more professional setting, which was really cool because, um, I don't know, a lot of us didn't really have like a traditional apprenticeship. And um, yeah, I think it's really great that we were all able to kind of come together organically. Organically, yeah. yeah. It was great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's so interesting to see how everyone's like, yeah, different. backgrounds come in and we're like everyone has different like exposure to tattooing and like yeah mm-hmm. yeah so specifically about pansy poke I was wondering where the inspiration came from and how that came about well Dean do you want to start about yeah I think for the name we chose pansy poke because the pansy like represents something that's like soft and often represents femininity and often represents like something that can be seen as like weak or like can crumble and we're kind of using it as a way to reclaim it in a lot of sense like pansy has often been used as like a slur towards the queer community but it also is something that's really beautiful and when we're getting tattooed you know we're all a little bit of a pansy so <laughs> so true yeah <laughs> so we wanted to choose a name that was kind of like it's kind of like a double entendre where some people might see it and they're like oh i love flowers and some yeah. people see it and they're like that's some gay shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but we started off like yeah like we said we started off in a small like just one bedroom rental space just up the street at a co-working space called the Grow Center. And yeah, Dean had worked there alone before and recruited on. And it just, originally there was five of us that worked there and we operated as a collective. So we just shared the cost of supplies, alternated which days we worked in that one bed. Um, we pretty quickly outgrew that. We were there for about almost a year. Yeah. yeah. Scheduling and, grew really difficult with like yeah. so many of us getting more clients and then mm-hmm. I think especially people would come there they feel like a really sense of comfort at home and they're like oh well now I'm gonna get tattooed by Kayla now I'm yeah. gonna get tattooed by Charlie 
Yeah. So for all of us working just one or two days a week, like rotating in a room that was literally smaller than this room that yeah, we're in right now, was, smaller than this. <laughs> was getting yes. to be a little bit like exhausting and we wanted to be able to offer more. Yeah, so I think with the five of us, it ended up being like also really difficult to manage things like getting a five-way consensus, especially because... All of us individually, while we practice tattooing, all have our own individual art practices and like interests and hobbies, like families, pets and stuff. Like you're not always on the phone like 24/7, right? So when we were, when we moved here and when we decided to expand, two people ended up leaving to pursue things other than tattooing, and also because of COVID, like a lot of people just didn't feel comfortable tattooing, mm-hmm. and that's when we kind of decided to shift to these two. being the co-owners, me taking a step back, and then that way they could focus more on the business and really give it, like, all the attention that it needed. Yeah, so we we were, like, we honestly didn't know what we were getting ourselves into when we (laughs) made this. Like, we obviously knew we were, like, starting a business, but, like, I was, like, cool, let's just walk up to the permit office, get our business license, rent a space, and we're good to go. No, it was way more than that, Um, which was a really great learning experience for us, and, like, we're still learning because, like, we have no formal business training which is kind of fun because like honestly I like I find that a lot of like people who have form- formal business training look at like when you open a business you're supposed to be like you know in debt for the first three years you open a business and that deters a lot of people from opening it but like we just didn't know so we just opened it but that in that being said we don't have any rules that we're adhering to we're kind of just making things up as we go and figuring what works out best for our business so yeah we found this space here we fell in love with it and now we have a much bigger team than our small little one bedroom one bed place that we came from now we have like six beds one two three four five seven beds (laughs) seven beds so yeah we expanded quite a bit Awesome. Yeah. And I really loved what you said about the sense of home and how you wanted to create a sense of home for your clients. So because uh, famously radio is not a visual medium, mm-hmm. could uh, we kind of like describe Pansy Poke and describe the space and how you kind of were intentional about that setting of making people feel at home? Um, I feel like <laughs> when we were decorating the front, like, um, I don't know if it was like subconsciously, I was like, oh yeah I learned how to tattoo at home so like let's make this into my like gay friend's living room (laughs) that's pretty much what it looks like yeah we get grandma's living room a lot (laughs) I don't know it's like personally like uh I like things that are really like cozy and homey and like welcoming and like we're lucky to have like a nice south-facing window Mm -hmm. so there's like a lot of plants um I think the colors we chose are like really like calming and bright and um yeah we got an old vintage couch yeah like yeah for you to um, wait on like like uh yeah decorating wise but also like in how we interact with our clients and like kind of make them feel like they're stepping into a space that they can be like fully comfortable in mm-hmm. um is really important yeah I think like the first impression when you walk into a shop is really important and a comment that I get a lot is like I've never seen so many plants or like this is the prettiest tattoo shop I've ever seen Mm -hmm. because even just like with the colors that they chose like when getting everything decorated it's all these like really warm colors I feel like a lot of the kitschy like vintage furniture that you got (laughs) it gives like this sense of like 
you feel really like calm and welcome. There's yeah. a lot of like hilarious, tacky, like ironic things around to look at. It's very like visually stimulating, but it also gives you like a sense of like, yeah, I can like be chill here and like I don't have to feel like I'm really guarded or like it's a very overly medical, like sterile environment. Yeah. Although it is sterile, just for the record. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's very <laughs> sterile, but yeah, it's yeah. didn't want it to come off play. hospital. Yeah. <laughs> sterile, but fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sterile, but grandma meets grandma's living room. And gay. And gay. Yeah, no, I would, uh, as someone who got a tattoo from Kayla last Friday, Ooh. I would say your uh, descriptions are so accurate because, yeah, you walk in and it feels... So nice and cozy and homey and everyone's like, you know, at the desk and just so friendly. And then, you know, as you like move forward through the space and go all the way to the back and the bathrooms, even the bathrooms are like decorated and cute and there's all the cute colors and art. So, yeah, I would say you all did a great job because it's such a lovely space to be in. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, so I was wondering about the ways that uh, Pansy Poke makes itself accessible to all members of the community. So in terms of queer and trans folks, uh, folks with disabilities, but folks from the BIPOC community, in what ways um, does Pansy Poke create this accessible environment? Well, uh, in terms of like the building itself, we were really lucky to have a space that is like street level um, because our last space, you had to go down like a large flight of stairs. Very steep stairs very too. Steep stairs. <laughs> no railing. Um, so uh, first of all, like you can easily come in the space if you like have a like mobility device or a wheelchair. We also have a ramp that goes to the back, which was already here, which worked out amazingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, fully wheelchair accessible. And then in terms of like the community, a lot of the community members of the queer community feel safe here because again, a lot of us are queer ourselves. So we have created this like safe space where it's almost like we created like, we kind of all share clients because a client will come here and be like, oh cool, like un- like another queer artist, like, oh, another one. And mm-hmm. like, it's it's really cool that we've created like, yeah, like a sense of community because of that. Yeah, I think definitely a lot of our experiences inform like how we practice, but I think even in terms of like booking and how we present ourselves to clients, like we all present our pronouns. We always offer people a chance to share their pronouns. We give clients a lot of options such as booking a silent tattoo if they have like sensory um, processing concerns or they are like afraid of like loud noises. We give options like that. And then in terms of making our shop more accessible to the BIPOC community, especially because we don't have any BIPOC employees, we want to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to show those people that they're welcome here. So one thing that all of our artists do is we offer free color tests. Um, a lot of people with darker skin are just straight up refused color by artists or they're told it's not going to work, it's not going to look good. So by doing this and giving them like a tiny little dot or a line in an inconspicuous area, it gives them a way to show how the color will heal and it will make them feel like a lot more safe about booking. And also trying to like undo a lot of the damage that the tattoo community has done by just like straight up pushing these people out and refusing to work with them. Um, a lot of our artists do a monthly BIPOC or QT BIPOC uh, tattoo giveaway. So it's basically just a free tattoo for any person that identifies under this label just to try and undo a lot of the damage that's been done mm-hmm. pushing those people away. We're actively making space for these people um, every month. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's been nice. Uh, I've been 
doing that. I like kind of Dean had a client who had like donated their time. Yeah, they bought the tattoo, but then they couldn't end up coming to get the tattoo. Yeah, so they kind of like started this little domino effect mm-hmm. um, of more of us being able to offer that, and um, I've been doing it for about three months now, and. I've actually gotten, like, some donations from people in the community to, like, be able to, like, offer that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's great. I've I've gotten a lot of, like, positive feedback from that because, um, you know, a lot of times, too, like, money is a factor in, like, whether or not you can get a tattoo. And um, if it's something you want that's, like, either... Um, I don't know, something that would almost be, like, a healing process Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, um, who you are and where you come from, but, like, there's a financial barrier. It's, like, oh, it kind of sucks. Like, it gets over that hurdle. It's it's, very backwards that this is where tattooing originated from, and then yet these people aren't able to access those services due to financial barriers, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, we're constantly trying, like, we're, like, constantly adding and changing things all the time because, like, we're, like, learning as we go around. Yeah, um, we're so not set in any ways. No, and yeah. And we change so many things and offer new things just based on feedback that we receive. And the feedback is so, so valuable. Yeah. Yes. Because it shows that people respect us enough to want to help us improve. And yeah. we obviously respect the community enough to want to offer everything we can for them. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying, trying to do the most. Yeah. It's a mutual relationship. Yeah. And it's so important that there is a trust established between a studio and an artist and their client to show, like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make this experience great for you. From when you click on my profile and you mm-hmm. see my pronouns to when you're going to my booking form and you see this information that you can send me to when you walk in the door and it's accessible for you. Yeah. To how you're greeted. Stuff like when we go up and talk to each other, we'll like introduce ourselves to the client. Because we've been in so many scenarios where you're laying there getting tattooed and you know, Joe Schmo walks up to your tattoo artist and is like, Hey buddy, how's it going? How's your day? And you're sitting there like Okay. Yeah, you just you cease you cease to exist. Yeah. So we want to make sure people feel like they're always seen and they're always included in here. And they're not just, you know, a slab of meat laying over. <laughs> For us to stab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I really loved what you said about the healing process about tattoos. So maybe if you want to talk more about um, the how tattoos can be healing and empowering and what it can mean for people, either for yourselves or that you've heard from other people. Well, me personally, I had a lot of experience in this, especially when I first started. I actually did a fundraiser for the Sexual Assault Center of Edmonton as like a little trigger warning, just like about sexual assault. Like I had been assaulted and I was like, I had this negative energy about it. And, you know, a great way to heal for me was like getting tattoos so I offered this uh like fundraiser with like low hopes for it uh but there was a great turnout and I had a lot of people open up to me about like the fact that yeah they are getting this tattoo and this is like specifically a means of like my fundraiser they are getting this tattoo to reclaim their sense of like themselves and like this tattoo like like the the pain it's like a like a very like reclaiming your own body kind of feeling to it you're as I like to like say is like you're decorating the walls of your house that you're gonna live in for the rest of your life and like 
for some people that just means that you're just decorating it and that's surface level and that's totally okay too like your tattoos don't have to have deep meaning or anything to them but for from the experiences I heard from the people I tattooed from my fundraiser specifically it was just like beautiful hearing the way that people were reclaiming their bodies this is their way of like standing up to it and like they were processing it, talking about it while they were getting tattooed. Like people feel vulnerable when they're getting tattooed because you're in like pain. And honestly, my part-time double as a therapist sometimes it feels like, and that's totally okay. And like, honestly, I feel honored that people feel safe enough to open up about that kind of stuff to me while they're getting like stabbed by me. Like I'm physically hurting them. And like, of course they feel vulnerable while that's happening. And yeah, I, I think that comes back to like creating a safe environment for these people as well. Like I know I definitely have been on the other side where I will start spewing my life while I'm getting tattooed. Like there's something so personal about it. For me, I'm, I don't know. There's so many different, uh, like, ways you could answer that question in terms of like how can tattoos like heal you I always like when I get tattooed it's like obviously like physically you're going through like the state where you have a lot of like adrenaline and endorphins and it is like a giant like physical pain but you kind of have to just like like I can't think of any other circumstance and whether where you're like okay like I'm gonna I have to like just do this and sit here and like be in pain and but um I don't know I like to tell people that it's like you know like it's something that you got through like you were it was it was over like in a few hours like sucked for a few hours but then you like came out the other side and (laughs) you have like something to remember that or yeah and it can be like a like a almost a like way of creating your own like physical like relief or like release Uh, but on the other hand too like the subject matter of like what you're getting tattooed can be like culturally significant it can be like a specific way that you're connecting to like maybe like your ancestral heritage it can be like a way of being like oh you know I don't like my arms so much so I'm gonna put some stuff on them and it'll like give me more confidence to like wear what I want or like be able to show that off because you know it is like almost like a little like badge of honor yeah if it's just like a like a little flower or something it's like oh you earned that and people deserve to see it you know yeah and uh I don't know I think like there's so many, like, I hear so many different things in which, like, people can relate that to, like, healing or um, maybe getting over, uh, I don't know. I've heard a lot of, like, uh, people, also just a small trigger warning for self-harm, like, um, a way of maybe getting over, like, a their own struggles with self-harm they'll like use a more positive outlet in which they can like still feel that release but you know have something a bit better come out of it yeah, yeah there's just so much like for every person who gets a tattoo I feel like there's like something behind it mm-hmm. whether it's like frivolous or like very significant yeah. so yeah yeah I think especially like to add on to what both of you said about it can be like the subject matter or it can be like the experience 
I personally do like a lot of like cover-ups and the cover-up of the tattoo it can be whether it's like it was in a shameful moment that they did it or they just totally regretted it or they're embarrassed but a lot of the time I actually cover up tattoos that have a negative experience associated with the tattoo itself like the tattoo made a comment about their body the the tattoo is near some self-harm scars and the tattoo made a comment about that so it's kind of interesting how we're even healing like things that our own community has done by doing like adding on fixing up covering up like tattoos and it's really really like tragic a lot of clients like they do get in a very vulnerable state with you and they might share with you like oh like i'm so glad that you didn't say anything because my last tattoo artist like said i was fat or somebody walked mm -hmm. up to them and said like a comment about their body M me personally i've so had crazy. experiences where i'm getting tattooed without my shirt off and someone comes over for a little looky-loo yeah. and just makes a degrading comment about my body. And I'm like, well, first of all, who the hell even are you? Yeah. And second of all, now I'm never going to come back here because yeah, every time I look at this, I remember yeah, this guilt and shame that. I felt all yeah. while I was going through this intense pain on this yeah. table. You're vulnerable. Yeah. Like, you are in a state where you are in pain and, like, in that situation, you don't have your shirt on. Yeah. Like, you're literally naked and yeah. in pain and vulnerable. Like, yeah. that's... It like, should be a way to reclaim your body and your yeah. self-autonomy me like both of you said but then even just the experience itself can turn it into something that you then need to heal from that emotionally yeah. so that's what we're trying to basically avoid here yeah that brings us to the end of this week's episode of adam and eve edmonton's only feminist news program we produced this week's show in the studios of CJSR-FM 88.5 in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, on Treaty 6 territory. We are grateful to be in the traditional territory of the diverse Indigenous peoples of this land. We recognize that colonialism is ongoing and violent. We encourage you to reflect on your own relationship further and ask what accountability would look like in, here in practice for yourself, the communities you're a part of, and the larger systems that shape our daily access and opportunities. Thank you to our contributors for this episode, Charlie, Kayla, and Aberdeen at Pansy Poke, and to Roseva for conducting this interview. You can find more about Pansy Poke by visiting them on Instagram at pansypoke.co or by visiting them at their shop, located at 10760B, 82nd Avenue Northwest. Adamant Eve is a spoken word project of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta, and our journalism is funded by you, the listeners. For more information on our program and to send us any feedback, please contact us on our Facebook page under Adam and Eve or tweet us at Adam and Eve, all one word. We're always looking for more volunteers to help out. So if you're interested in learning any aspect of radio production, just get in touch. Thank you very much for tuning in. I've been your host, Autumn Mornjuk, and I hope you have an adamant evening. <laughs>